0: talk about, in all things, give thanks. And I know that all of us in here are not originally from the U.S. (laughs) And so the sad thing is, is that many people, even though they may be from, may be from the U.S., today we're not teaching in our schools what Thanksgiving really is. We're getting so far away from our moorings. I mean, way away from our moorings. This morning, I'm going to have a lot of quotes and stuff, and so just hang in there with me, but I want us to understand what Thanksgiving is. In the, um, before the pilgrims made it over here to uh, what, you know, eventually becomes the United States of America, they were in, (coughs) they were in, uh, you know, England, England. And when the, when, King James, when King James took over in England, uh, he, was, he was ruthless towards the pilgrims because the pilgrims didn't believe the way he did, and so he went after them. And uh, the pilgrims uh, had went through, there had been a revival in the land, and we had the reformation that happened, those kind of things. But anyway, the pilgrims uh, really were serving the Lord. And they really studied Scripture. And their calendar actually was the Jewish calendar. They went by what the Jews, the same calendar the Jews did. But the King of England didn't like them. As a matter of fact, we'll learn later that the King of England didn't give them safe refuge anywhere. Uh, They weren't free to go and they weren't free to stay. That's pretty much where the pilgrims were. And in all of that, the pilgrims uh, end up coming to the United States. But as we get into Thanksgiving, a lot of times we say what we're thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for, uh, you know, my food, this and that and the other. But what the the pilgrims saw Thanksgiving for was even deeper than that. And what it was started for, what our holiday was started for. Today, I hear this term, and if you use it, I'm sorry if I offend you. I'm sorry. But I hear the term turkey day. And Thanksgiving's not turkey day. It shouldn't be referred to as Turkey Day. It is actually a holy day. It's a holiday, a holy day. It's a day that, that we are setting aside, and it, it correlates with the Jewish uh, Remembrance Day, the Jewish Remembrance uh, holiday of their time, what was actually called the holiday, which was the... the. Um My mind's going blank now. I'm sitting here preaching. can't remember one thing... The Feast of Tabernacles also referred to uh, as the um, Feast of Booths. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles, some of us may know what the Feast of Tabernacles is, but the Feast of Tabernacles was a feast somewhere probably around October, September, October each year at the end of harvest. And the Jews would take and they would erect tents or little booths. And this this was to, to for them to remember... They were supposed to remember what it was like the 40 years that they were exiled. when the, they could, The Lord said, remember, when, when uh, the uh, spies had went into the land and then some of those spies came back and says, we can't do this. And so the people says, hey, they say we can't do it. We can't do it. God's like, but I already told you you could. No, we can't do it. And so they had to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. So the Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of Booths uh, was a remembrance of that time. But what the Feast of Tabernacles was, it was giving thanks to the Lord. Giving thanks to the Lord in all things. See, there's three main um, main times that, that uh, the Jews would, uh, uh, the men would journey to, to Jerusalem. And those first two times that they would journey to Jerusalem would be earlier in the year, Passover and before that. And what that was what they would do is, is a prayer for repentance and a prayer of, uh, of repentance and fasting and then a prayer of thanksgiving. But in this thanksgiving, it was thanksgiving for what had been given to them. But in the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, that was a thanksgiving that even, even though, Lord, everything that you gave me, everything that happened to me wasn't great, I still thank you. And I still worship you, because if you look at the forty years that they were in the wilderness, they continue to live for and worship God through those forty years. And so, when they were remembering that, they were coming out. First uh, Thessalonians, um, getting ahead of myself here. First Thessalonians five eighteen says, "In everything, give thanks." For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And that's the scripture that I want you to take home. We've got some other scriptures, but that's the one I want you to take home with you. And this week, as you go into Thanksgiving, into this holiday, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you're a Christian, you should be able to give thanks in all things. You should be able to give thanks in all things. Because not everything that happens... Um, to us is great. But everything that happens to us is worthy of saying, God, you are omnipotent, you're all powerful, and I give you thanks because you still are on the throne. You take care of it all. And you know, the way we should say it, a lot of people say, give thanks for everything. No, give thanks in all things, not for everything, but in all things we give thanks. You know, a way to look at this and to help us to get our perspective correct is to ask this question, what do I deserve? And what does God guarantee me? Is happiness an eternal right? See, today we hear so many preachers. What is the cool thing to preach? The cool thing to preach is how blessed you are and how Favored you are and how great things are always going to be for you and the bad thing is is that every one of us no matter who we are go through rough times the way that we look at it the perspective that we put it in though can be different because we can go through those rough times and some of you parents have went through rough times with your children and they've they've strayed away from the Lord but you've been able to say I still give thanks to my God because my God is in control. And that in all things, I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to give thanks. In America, we've perverted this idea that, that God's provisions is in an entitlement, entitlement to us. That we're going to have everything that we want. Now, believe me. The scripture says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open." Jesus himself said, if you ask anything and you ask it in my name that I will hear you and I'll do it for you. But the difference is, is we should be asking in God's will, not in our will. And here we teach and we preach so much. We see it in churches and on television. God is going to bless you. And we need to say, wait a minute. I don't know if my health is great. You know, somebody who always comes to mind is Joni Erickson Tata. Joni Erickson Tata had a diving accident at the age, I think she was 19 years old. And she had a diving accident, and she's a paraplegic from the neck down. Now, she's probably, what, in her her mid-60s at this point, late 60s maybe. She's still alive to this day. But you know what? Instead of her getting upset, instead instead of her living her life upset about how things have went, what has she done instead? She's wrote books. She paints beautiful paintings, you know, with her mouth. And in everything... She gives thanks to the Lord. She said when she was sitting in the hospital, hospital and recovering, that she would just these hymns that she had grown up on. She would sing those hymns and she would just she would just uh, uh, rejoice in the Lord in what those hymns said and what they said about her Lord. We need to get away from this uh, this attitude that anything other than being blessed financially and health and everything else. Anything less means that we're not a child of God. That is not true. That is not true. I talk to missionaries all the time. We've got two missionaries lined up to come in over the next two months. And I talk to them all the time. And the the gospel that they have to live out and that the people that are around live out is totally different than the United States. Don't get me wrong, the United States has been blessed because we have put God first. Or let's say, we used to put God first. God really was a part of it, and things have changed. So the Feast of Tabernacles, I told you just a little bit about that. Um, Leviticus 23 and verse 34 is where you find what the Lord says about it. It says, speak to the children of Israel, saying, the 15th day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. So they spent seven days rejoicing in what God and who God was and how that even in the bad times that he still took care of them, still took care of them. It really became, like I said earlier, it became the most prominent of the Jewish holidays in the effect that they actually just started referring to it as the holiday because it was the biggest holiday of the year. It was the biggest holiday. Need to give me a three-ring binder this morning, I guess. So, how does how does the Feast of Tabernacles? How does it play into Thanksgiving? How does it play into uh, to what we should be observing on Thanksgiving? The pilgrims were persecuted, and they could, like I said earlier, King James. This is what King James actually said: "I will harry them out of the land to all who oppose him." So, all these pilgrims who thought differently than he he did. Uh, He spoke of them as separatists and when he he said it's illegal for them to go and it's illegal for them to stay. So they had no place. A lot of people don't understand that what our Constitution says when it calls for religious liberty, when it says we're supposed to have freedom of religion, it was because the Christians didn't have freedom. And so they wanted freedom of Christian religion. And we know that uh, Catholicism was, was really big uh, you know, during uh, King James time but because they believed differently than that they didn't have any freedom and they said Christians need to have freedom and so that's uh, where our, our Constitution was written from uh, England had before this years before this had a very strong Christian presence had a very great Christian king that really led the people that way and you know, as we have went through time, we, many people have, have tried to make the Thanksgiving into a secular holiday, that it really doesn't have anything to do with God, but that is quite the contrary. Now, the, the pilgrims, this is, now you think about this, when the pilgrims were headed over here was over 400 years ago, about 410, 12 years ago, something like that. So it's been a long time ago that the pilgrims uh, attempted to flee England for their faith. And in 1607, it was William Bradford who recalled the time of attempted escape, betrayal, difficulty for the pilgrims. And he was, uh, in the pilgrims, always looking for a silver lining in this. And and, uh, here is what he said. I may admit the fruit that came hereby. I, get I'm, I'm, I may admit the fruit that came hereby for by these so public troubles in so many imminent places their cause became famous and occasioned many to look into the same and their godly carriage and Christian behavior was such as left a deep impression in the minds of many and though some few shrunk at these first conflicts and sharp beginnings as it was no marvel yet many more came on with fresh courage and uh, and greatly animated others. What do you think it would be like to go through this kind of a persecution and your persecution is so that others can see Christ? What the pilgrims did, what what William just said, William Bradford just said is, here we have, the pilgrims went through this, but because of that, they people saw who Jesus was; they saw their faith in Christ, and it made a difference. Imagine today if you were put in jail, you were put in jail so that jesus 's name could be exalted. We look at the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul went through a lot of this himself. why so that jesus 's name could be exalted now that was in when this was written this was in uh, Uh, 1607 and then in 1608 a year later the pilgrims thank God when they attempted to flee England the men had to watch their wives and their children taken by authorities off the boat because they attempted to flee then the captain the boat they'd they'd taken all their money and they'd saved all this money and they got this boat and then the captain fled sailed for Holland that's where they were going to go to try to get, get some religious freedom and uh Ended up winding up in a terrible storm for 14 days. Why do I tell you this? Because what we need to understand about Thanksgiving is it's not about a turkey. It's not about football that we all have come to think. Uh, It's not about that at all, but it's about thanking God that even though through these rough times, we have still stuck with it and believe in you because you're our God and you're in control. I don't know where my slides are now. I'm getting lost there. So when they fled, they said, "But these things did not dismay them, though they did sometimes trouble them, for their desires were set on the ways of God and to enjoy His ordinances, but they rested on His providence and knew whom they believed. When you're going through a rough time and you get to Thanksgiving each year, you should be resting on the providence of God, that God is in control. Rest on that, that, that you know whom you have believed. Believe and, and take trust and in faith in who God is. <clears throat> they said, it was said, "...what could now sustain them but the Spirit of God and His grace? May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say, our fathers were Englishmen which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in this wilderness." But they cried to the Lord, and he heard their voice, and he looked on their adversity. Let them therefore praise the Lord, because he is good, and his mercies endure forever. Sounds almost like something out of the Bible, doesn't it? Why? Because these pilgrims were so faithful that they just wanted to serve God. Their pilgrimage there to, to get out of England was just so they could serve God. And we've taken Thanksgiving, and we've perverted it into something that's all about food and football instead of, hey, we want to serve God no matter what, no matter what. We want to put our faith in God. And, and so the, the first Thanksgiving was in 1621. Now, when you go and you look at historical books, they'll give you, well, this was the first Thanksgiving, this was the first Thanksgiving, and so on and so forth. But the first real Thanksgiving by the pilgrims was in 1621. And they called a, a, a day of Thanksgiving pattern after the biblical Feast of Tabernacles, And mixing the joy of God's provision with the sorrow of hardships endured in their life. And this was truly unique because on top of this, you've probably heard this part of the story. They invited 90 natives to come and be a part of what they were doing. 90 natives to be a part of it. And he says right here, our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men out fowling, so that, they, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They, four in one day, killed as much fowl as with little help beside, served the company almost a week. So the Lord blessed them in this as they went out and they, they shot. And I'm sorry, my thing's not moving up there. I'm reading this and y'all haven't seen it. Don't even pay attention. That's the way things go. But this harvest, uh, the Lord supplied. Remember, back then, they didn't have the kind, of, the kind of hunting weapons that we had today. They were very different than we were. But the Lord supplied to them. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from what that we often wish you partakers of our plenty and so they said hey all these things have happened we've been able to kill deer we've been able to do all this and even though it's not always this way god has made it this way and the first thanksgiving some other details that we know about this first thanksgiving as they were paralleling in in, in fashioning it after the feast of tabernacles they all had wooden dishes and the children served the adults boy what a different world we're living in now the children tell the adults what they're going to do right what you know, the children tell the adults what they're going to eat. You know, I'm not eating that. You know, uh, I'm sure your children never told you that. But the children want to tell them, I'm not eating that. You wanna, so what do we do? Well, well do you want to you wanna go to McDonald's? Well, you want to go over here? What do you, you want to eat? Well, back then, the children that day served the adults. Women, I think that uh, you'll like this. There were only four adult adults. Pilgrim women alive cooking for 140 people. So now, when you cook on Thanksgiving, I want you to remember why you're the one cooking for everybody. This was a tradition started so many years ago. But four adult pilgrim women were cooking for 140 guests. And uh, they ate cod, sea bass, and fowl, ducks, geese, and swan. And even though they had wild turkeys, remember, again, it was hard to. These turkeys are fast, 25 miles an hour. It was hard to kill these turkeys. So when you get together and everybody calls it Turkey Day, you can easily say, no, this wasn't Turkey Day. They didn't have hardly any turkeys at that mill that day. They had fish and they had uh, ducks and those kind of things. It's not Turkey Day. This is Thanksgiving Day. This is a day that we remember that even through all of our trials and all of our tribulations and everything we went through as a nation, that we serve." an unlimited God. We serve a God that takes care of it. There were even, uh, there was this legend that the popcorn was first introduced on that day. That can't be proven, but it was put out there. And they did have games, but their games were not football. They were like bow and arrow contests, military drill, foot races, and wrestling. Um, sl- slide on over there, next slide, Nina. The uh, There's a poem that was written about this day by Henry Morton Dexter. He Well, he he didn't write it. It's an anonymous poem, but he's the one who uh, penned it down to, for everybody to see. He says, we had gathered in our harvest. Listen, this sounds exactly like the Feast of Tabernacles. We'd gathered in our harvest and stored up the yellow grain, for God had sent the sunshine and sent the plentiful rain. Our barley land and corn land had yielded up their store, and the fear and dread of famine oppressed our homes no more. Think about that. The Feast of The uh, tabernacles, what was it about? It was about, hey, no more did we have to worry about where we were going to eat, how we were going to eat, those kind of things, because God has supplied. God has done these things. We're remembering what it used to be like. And when we come to Thanksgiving, we should remember. I drive down the road sometimes, and I look at these four- and six-lane highways, and I go, what did it used to be like? And you talk to Frank, right? He was a truck driver back in the day. And he says, I remember when Little Rock ended at university. So, if you go into Little Rock today, if you took I 30 and then you jumped off on 630 to go down into Little Rock, that's where Little Rock ended when he was a kid. And today it goes way out, and they've built, they're building all kinds of stuff out at the Chenal and the Promenade and out there where you were <laughs> cleaning the house by yourself all out. That stuff didn't even exist. Mom El didn't exist 30 years ago. How things have changed. You know, uh, and I'm not going to preach this this morning. But when you look at the churches in Revelation, those are real churches in Revelation. When you look at them, do you realize it only took about 50 years for them to stray away from what God had wanted them to be? When you look at those scriptures, we'll go over that some other day. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember why we're here. We don't need to take this liberty for granted. We don't need to take what God has given us for granted. I mean, think about it. When Connie does our prayer walks on those Saturdays, the liberty to be able to go out and do prayer walks without having to worry about somebody shooting her or somebody hurting her or putting her in prison, she's able to lead that on a Saturday. Today, this morning, we're able to meet together. Why? Because of what God did through those pilgrims. And we can go back and we can talk about our Constitution even more. I love talking about the Constitution because No matter what anybody tells you, we are a country built on God. We are only here because of him. Miracles abound because of him. The rest of that poem says, As the chosen tribes of Israel in the far years of old, when the summer fruits were garnered, and before the winter's cold, kept their festal week with gladness, with songs and choral lays, so we kept our first thanksgiving in the hazy autumn days. What did they just say? Just as the Israelites did it, we just followed their example. So, this, you say, well, how do you know? This right here tied it all in from this person that was there. Uh, 1623, the pilgrims demonstrated the other two kinds of public thanksgivings also that, that I mentioned earlier. We, we have, uh, during unusually long drought, they call it a day of prayer, humiliation, and Fasting. And then they had public calls for prayer. Look, even in the United States of America, public calls for prayer from either the church or the state became an annual part of the calendar in in New England for almost 300 years. And today, in California, we have a coach who hasn't taken anybody out on the field, knelt down, would say a short prayer, and get up. He has been fired. He has been fired. We, we have uh, Governor Rick Perry in, in uh, Texas called for a, a day of prayer, and they all, I think they met at Houston, at the stadium in Houston, and there were like 70,000 people showed up. There were people who were suing him because he's a governor, he can't lead a day of prayer. And for 300 years in New England, it was an annual thing of public fasting and prayer, coupled with Thanksgiving days for answered prayer. This all occurred between 1607 and 1800. Where have we become? Where have we went to? Here on a day that we are coming up to celebrate Thanksgiving, that we think of the food and everything else, we need to say, no, God, thank you for where you brought us. Thank you for how you got us here. Let us remember, just as the Israelites had to remember where they come from, let's remember where we come from, and let's get get to that same place. And, you know, the thing is, is we need to have public prayer. We need to come and repent as a nation. And there have been times in this nation that that has been called for by our Congress and by presidents of the United States of America. The first, uh, the first national Thanksgiving was in, in 1777, and it was called for by the Continental Congress to thank God for victory at the Battle of Saratoga. And this is written by Sam Adams. Listen to this. For as much as it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God, to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to him for benefits received. He just talked about Almighty God. I think he would just be tarred and feathered today, right? No longer... Could could, could a congressman, could a a president say anything like this? Together with penitent confession of their sins, whereby they had forfeited every favor and their humble and earnest supplications, that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute. We just, he just used Jesus Christ's name. Oh, (laughs) no. Mercifully, merc, mercifully to uh, forgive and blot them out of remembrance. It is therefore recommended... "...to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of September next, for solemn thanksgiving and praise, that with one heart and one voice, the good people may express the grateful feeling of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor, acknowledging with gratitude their obligations to him for benefits received, to prosper the means of religion, for the promotion and enlargement of that kingdom, which can consist- consisteth..." a word that we use today. Uh, In righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you know he talked about Almighty God in this? He talked about Jesus Christ, and he talked about the Holy Ghost. He talked about the whole Trinity in this part. Our Continental Congress calling for this. The Continental Congress issued annual Thanksgiving proclamations each year from 1784 when, uh, when the war was finally over. And in the first session of the Congress of the new Constitution... A resolution was given to who? President George Washington on September 25th, 1789, and this indicated what the will of the Congress was, and it said that the will is to wait upon the President of the United States to request that he would recommend, that the President would recommend to the people of the United States a day a public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many single favors of Almighty God. They're calling on the President of the United States to do this. And we had a president just a few years ago said, this isn't a Christian nation. We may be getting away from that, but we are a Christian nation. We do serve Almighty God. George Washington, he did not only agree to this, but he made it his first official act of his administration. And this is what he proclaimed right here. I think I've got that that back there. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge, it is the duty for us to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore His protection and favor, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, Next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the benefactor, author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. For the signal and the manifold Mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence in the course and conclusion of the late war, that we may unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, and beseech him to pardon our nation uh, and uh, other our, our national and other transgressions, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all people (coughs) by constantly being a government, of wise, just, and constitutional laws. This is where we've come from. This is what we need to remember this Thanksgiving Day. Now, amazingly, there was no national proclamations. It took place until the time of the Civil War. And it was the great President Abraham Lincoln who said he was converted to Christ when he walked through the graves of Gettysburg that proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving for November 26 in 1863. Now this proclamation fit even more closely to giving God thanks for the harvest in the midst of the turmoil of the Civil War. And this this is really what has uh, been held as a, is really the true origin of our Thanksgiving, of, of what we do now on a, on a yearly basis. Here's what the president said, Abraham Lincoln. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthy skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are so extraordinary in a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. Needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly there heretofore. No human counsel had devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God who while dealing with us in anger for our sins. Why do you think that the Civil War happened? I believe it happened because of our, our, our slavery. Because of us enslaving other humans. So what do you say? While dealing with us even still, while he, while the Lord was dealing us in the anger for our sins, have nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States. And also those who are at sea, those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart, observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perversance, perseverance, whatever that word is, and deliverances and blessings, they do also. Uh, And disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners of sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged. Fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes of the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. So he said, yes, we went through all these bad things, but because of God, he has preserved us he has preserved us. Today, conclusion of this today, I want us to think about something. We have many merchants out there and the merchants are so focused on money. They're focused on how can they make money? How can they do it? They ignore Thanksgiving and they're not honoring Christ's birth but they're saying how can I make even more money? They demand gifts Uh, be purchased and therefore we're blessed, right? Oh, I've got a gift. But our nation is in need of Thanksgiving here this year. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember who brought us here. It is God. It is God. It is God. Now, the uh, Thanksgiving was was the the, uh, merchants actually the business people for one year they got them to change when thanksgiving was because it was getting in the way of the ho of, of christmas of making money but then it was changed back it was changed back to where because it didn't matter we needed to focus on that and so this thanksgiving day this thursday don't think of it as turkey day don't think of it as as a uh, football day i mean yes it's a great day to be with family and friends But think of it as a day to say, God, again, this year, one year from last Thanksgiving, we want to give you glory and honor, almighty God, for what you've done for us. Even through the bad times, even through the rough times, we want to thank you. If we as Americans would turn back to what Thanksgiving is really about, and we would take that as a day of Thanksgiving to God, what would happen in this country? What would happen in this country? What if we restored days of prayer and repentance and then giving thanks to God for answering those prayers? You know, we do a lot of praying, right? Do we thank God when those prayers are answered? We need to thank God when those prayers are answered. We need to give, Psalm 92.1 said this, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises unto your name, O Most High. Connie has said it before. When she goes through a rough time, that's what she does. She begins to praise the Lord. She begins to dance before the Lord. It may be hard to do when you're going through a rough time. It may be hard to do when things aren't perfect. But we need... To give thanks to the Lord in the good times and the bad times. In everything, through everything you're going through, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. Thanks for hanging on with my voice. Praise God. Thank God that my voice stayed. I'll give him glory for that this morning. It's a a great, great day to be in the house of the Lord.